When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Kristen Bird Entertainment News brought to you by North American Banking Company. Go to nabanco.com to learn more. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Kristen Burt. How are we going to kick it off with Kristen? We've been covering every serious topic in the world for the last two and a half hours. And now what? And now what? Um, well, I'll tell you the two things that I've been covering this morning. One, Golden Globes. Two, Jeffrey Epstein, which I have a feeling you guys probably talked about at the mm. top of the hour. Who? Yeah, none Who? of us what? were on the list. None of us were on the list. We didn't make it. None. Thank goodness none of us are on the list. But I will tell you, I think a lot of people in Hollywood and in politics are sweating a little bit right now. Obviously, the documents, um, some of the documents will will kind of allude to like someone like Prince Andrew. We know that he has somehow been involved, not criminally charged, but he did settle a civil case last year. So I, I think it's just one of these situations where you start looking going. There's so many more layers here. We're never going to find the honest truth to all of this. But, you know, it, to yeah. me, like, it wasn't surprising to see David Copperfield's name in the mix and things like that. You go, oh, yeah. No, I agree. That's one thing he can't make disappear. He's got a long history, and people forget about his history when it comes to sexual harassment and alleged sexual assault. So I have a, his name's in there. He was obviously a friend to Jeffrey Epstein. So mm-hmm. there's some smoke. Let's put it that way. Has anybody ever figured out, we've already asked this question. I think it was before Andy and, and Mike got here and now Kristen. I don't understand the attraction of older men to young girls. I don't. What is that? Uh, from Anyone? The, it's got to be mental I mean, illness. Like yeah. part of it. Like Eternal mental. life. That's what it is. Is that what it is? Eternal life. I keep going younger and younger and I'll live forever. Yeah, I think so. And I think there's something to be said. There was this sounds like so stupid, but there's an Olivia Olivia Rodrigo song that said something about like, of course, somebody your age would have seen all the red flags. Like, you know, there's something that naiveness with some of that aspects. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, what's what is. What is marketed to humans, which is the most beautiful, which is being young, a young woman is supposedly the most beautiful thing in the world. And I think so. I just think there's a level of lack of intelligence and Mm -hmm. mental illness that combines 
where it's like that is the goal that is what you're trying to achieve and thank god our brains don't understand i thank god we're like attracted to people our age because mm -hmm. if you had told me in my 20 like in my teenage years that i would think a 43 year old was hot at that time i would have been like that's disgusting yeah and, now I I Justin, and i'm like some. It is interesting how that just like naturally, yeah, because like I would have never thought that yeah. I would, you know, be attracted yeah. to someone who is my current age, but it just, it's not a choice you make. Well, I guess for some people it is, or it, I guess in some people that, because there's obviously, there's a process that makes that happen. You know, yeah. your, your brain kind of like updates its idea of what's attractive as you gain, as you get older. So you're, you keep being attracted to people your age. It's, you know, that makes sense. But I guess in some people that system must just break down. It gets stuck somewhere and it, you know. Yeah, it's like their I mean, brain Jeffrey stopped. Epstein, it was, their wires were crossed big time yeah. because this was yeah. an international sex trafficking mm -hmm. situation. And he also knew um, when he involved some of his high-powered friends in whatever was going on, right. he videotaped everyone. Where are all of those tapes? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, he's got every all room in his house in his New York townhouse. And I'm assuming his Palm Beach as well. But I know for sure uh, that his New York townhouse had cameras in every room. Where are they? Hmm. You know what I love about the Palm Beach part of his life? Hmm. His house compared to everything else on Palm Beach was a shithole. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. Well, he was a very busy man. I you think it had aspects about it that were appealing to him it had like the closed off area yes, it had the absolutely. they had so because when i watched a video about it you could tell like he had something in mind when he was trying to yeah he probably didn't want to draw so much attention with some huge open layout yeah. yeah and let's just i mean honestly give applause to miami herald who has gone after this case for mm -hmm. over a decade yeah. and has continued to ask through the freedom of information act that documents be released you know sometimes we talk about journalism and people are like fake news and nobody does their job they are doing their job and the newspaper itself has spent a lot of money in court fighting to get a lot of this released yeah i suppose now any of you any of the five of you are you surprised by any of the names that you've seen on the list so far i have not read the list some of the no. the women that are on the list like well, like Naomi Campbell's name when that was on there, like that was surprising. Oh, right, and then yeah. once you kind of read, like, okay, she wasn't really, I guess, involved in anything. It was just she happened to be mentioned. So, like, there are names. Leonardo DiCaprio was, I think, kind of in the same situation. So, yeah, names like that, I think, were surprising. But for the most part, not really. And this is where people have to use critical thinking in terms of these papers because it's not people who are necessarily guilty. There will be mm. some who yeah, are guilty yep. um, of engaging in illegal acts. And then some people either hopped on his plane and not necessarily to his island, but maybe just hopped on his private plane to Europe or somewhere else, maybe not having the information that they should have about Jeffrey Epstein. Um, there are plenty of people, especially in the, the New York celebrity circles, that did attend several parties at his New York townhouse after he had been convicted as a pedophile. And that's yeah. where you start going, why were you going there? Mm -hmm. Even mm -hmm. if you had no nefarious reason for going to the party, but why were you going to a party where the person really was engaged in really awful things? Yeah, like like Alan Dershowitz. Now, I wouldn't see him as the life of the party. 
<laughs> Probably not. Yes. No, but he had a long history with Epstein. Yes, so yes. why were you hanging out with him not only before but after that conviction? We probably couldn't uh, get have sex anywhere else. I don't know. I mean, that's awful to think it. about. Why did um, William Barr give him such a sweetheart deal in Florida? Yeah. Like there are yeah. a lot of questions to be asked in all of this, and um, and I think it's it's um, is it Wexner, the one that used to own Victoria's Secret? I mean, mm -hmm. he um, Jeffrey Epstein managed all of his money, and you're like, what is all of those like financial ties, and what did that mean? Because that really gave a lot of Jeffrey Epstein access to other high-profile people. Yeah, I never thought much about this, but I'm thinking about it right now. That Catherine is eight years younger than me. You and dirty pig. Her, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Way to go. Get out of here. <laughs> Tommy Epstein. That's all there is to it. But no, seriously, thinking about it. Mm. Uh, when I met Catherine, if she would have been one or two years younger, I probably, not probably, I would never have gone out with her. There's no way. Yeah. If she was, a, I was 29 years old. She was 21. And even that made me nervous. You know what I mean? Even though she was a full-grown adult, 21-year-old adult and all the rest of it. If she had been 20 or 19, I doubt that I that I would have been able to do that. Yeah. You know? I, it is wild to think about, too. Like, it's funny because I will see um, – just the other day, I was at Chick-fil-A. I don't want to brag. Um, <laughs> dropping yeah. names saw, again. I was there at a time that, like, obviously seniors could, like, leave the high school over at Eden Prairie. And a bunch of mm -hmm. Eden Prairie high schoolers came in, and there were a bunch of guys. And they looked like the cool guys kind of vibe. And I just remember being, like, gross. <laughs> <laughs> They're so gross looking. And I don't even mean it. Like, just like, everything about them annoyed me. I was annoyed how they were parking, how they were driving, how they were talking. So I just like, we just have to, again, take pause to go, God, thank God that is not at all anything you want to get near. Yeah, no, when a female high school teacher engages in, well, it's sexual abuse with a mm -hmm. student. It's yep. not consensual at all. It's, um, you sit there and go, that is really strange because the last thing I want to do is like date a high schooler. Oh my God. And, and yeah, they're the awful in pretty much every way. Cheap <laughs> cologne that was like, interfering with my body life at spray that moment. And, yep. I was just like everything about them. I was like, smell alone. Ah. <laughs> it's a repellent. Right. And, and like, I just see them as kids. Like you just look at them. You're you're a baby. You've never experienced the real world. Like I just, yeah. That teacher student thing. Um, I think it's gone on forever. Yeah, it, I think it's you're right. People, people, uh, people know about it more. Talk about it more these days. But yeah. I. I can think of several examples from when I was in high school. Well, mm -hmm. unfortunately, too, right? The profession itself, I mean, that's the problem you have with any profession that is in a position where you're alone with kids is going to attract a certain person. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of like when you go, yeah, there's a lot of crazy people in the military because it also attract. you know, there's amazing people in the military, but there's also people that, like, love the idea of, legally getting to run around with a gun mm -hmm. it's not like, going to get an automatic rifle anywhere else no and, and a lot so of people are like, like works for me i'm sure the teacher relationship has happened a million times over oh yeah um because yeah. again if you want access to kids that's the profession you would go into right well, it's like when the boy scout scandal like yeah you have the access yeah. it makes it easy altar boys in the catholic church mm. yeah 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 we, we didn't have I don't know if that ever, I, you know what, 
I had heard rumors when I was going to St. Joe's that a couple of things were going on with one of the priests and one of the nuns. And looking back on that, that now, I, of course, was horrified as a little boy going to Catholic church. But I suppose all these years later, you look at it, it, it probably was true. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, like a, a, a priest and a nun going behind the scenes and like I mean it seems scandalous like in the religious aspect but honestly that's great because honestly yeah, sure the, the the actual sex abuse case with the Catholic Church and underage kids is horrifying mm -hmm. and um oh, I left I mean, that part out they were not going after each other yeah yeah that's the it, part it would I be like better. That. I'm I'm fine if nuns and priests want to go sit there yeah, yeah well exactly <laughs> no, go <laughs> for it you know, God's not going to judge. Reminds really. me um, of a <laughs> reminds me of a Simpsons joke that uh, they told about priests, basically. So a um, Catholic priest and a Protestant, what are they called? Minister, Reverend, Minister, sure. yeah, Minister. So, sure, a uh, Protestant minister were arguing, and um, the Catholic priest says to the minister, "Oh, go home and have sex with your wife." <laughs> <laughs> like it was some bad thing to do. I love that show to this day. God, that show is phenomenal. Very, very well written. Yeah, I, see, to, to us, the six of us, we cannot sit here and go, what is the attraction of a little kid to a grown adult? I mean, the innocence of them is the attractive thing for me, is they're so sweet and yeah, innocent. Yeah, innocence That's is, I think, I love. Yeah. Mm. Well, I, I, I'm bitter because I, I, uh, I lost my high school girlfriend to a, an English teacher. And oh, you, you never quite get over that, you know. I suppose. You know, she yeah. had a type, though, because even at a young age, you de probably put out old man vibes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> definitely. That's true. No, I was, I was like 19 when I was born. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. No, it's, yeah. it's true. And then I just regressed. Right away. Yeah, it's, it's probably true. But still, I mean, come on. English teacher. You now, if it had been the if it had been the basketball coach, that would have been different. So, is that why you started to uh, become a writer? Because you're like, I'm going to get into the <laughs> yeah. English profession and win my girl back. Uh, to this day, yes, yes. I will win her with words. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it doesn't work. Let me just tell you that. Kristen, I got to bring this up to you too to change the subject because I'm about to ready. Just even thinking about that pisses me off, guys preying on little girls what the hell is wrong with you jesus and women do it too we <laughs> yeah women do it too. out there in the world we can't yeah. exclude them yep yeah he was what like 12 when she first hooked up 12. with him well, 12 years old no. young. <sighs> yeah we hear more now we hear more about about female teachers with students than we do about males but mm -hmm. maybe it's just because it's still sort of yeah, it's no. it's more it's more newsworthy because it's not as common. Oh, it's very common. Yeah, well, unfortunately. No, but I think it's more like the reason it, it's it, more it's shocking a big story yeah. and that we know one person's name. It's more of a novelty. Yeah, um, but I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Of course, it happens, but like mm -hmm. it is still, I think, more like worthy of a little bit of a extra attention. Yeah, and they always frame it wrong in the press, too. They'll be like, they engaged in a relationship. I'm yeah. like, no, it's not a relationship. No. Yeah. Yeah. The person was under 18. They are a child. It is rape, period. Yeah. No, you're right. You're 100% right. No question. Uh, let's get off the subject a little bit, but I thought of you when he brought it up this morning, Kristen Burt. We had a couple of guests on, Mr. Uh, Interdonato and Mr. Edgar. 
they've got a movie called what's called the bastard son is that what it's called yep yeah bastard yeah, son. That's what's on. but he was all excited Kristen, uh and he even looked it up to make sure he said if you want to go to the movie theater to see our movie it's showing it and where was it again it was out like 25 mile drive out of town he was so excited that it was in a movie theater that his the his movie was actually in a movie theater we're about to lose that forever, aren't we? Well, it's a dream of a lot of people, but I, in the very new, near future, it's I don't think anyone's going to care. God, that's it too bad. It is tough. And, you know, I've seen a lot of interviews recently. And last night I was at a pre-Emmy celebration at the TV Academy just talking. It's interesting to hear with people that... They're just, they're like, I don't go to the movie theater anymore. And I think the pandemic accelerated what was already yeah. happening. Yep. Um, and a lot of people just haven't gone back. Like even right now, the next couple of months, we're probably going to be in a wave of just cold, flu, COVID, RSV. And people mm -hmm. think, mm, I don't want to be in a big crowd right now. There are just so many excuses and reasons to stay home and watch entertainment from the comfort of your couch. Can be expense, could be convenience could be people who are cautious about you know, the illnesses going around right now, but it is a very difficult thing. The only good news is that last year at the box office with movies like Barbie and Oppenheimer, um, mm -hmm. Taylor Swift, Beyonce, they helped the movie theater box office at the end of the year cross the $9 billion threshold, which was close to pre-pandemic levels. It didn't exceed them, but it's close. So, what Hollywood has to do is they have to think of ways to get people into the theater. We need mm -hmm. more Barbies. We need more, maybe more concert films. Maybe we need more Oppenheimers, things that are interesting, things that get people in the seats. Yeah, that's very true. Now, Andy uh, can back me up in this one. Andy and I went and saw Jumanji a couple of years ago. We're on vacation in Florida. At this point, that was like seven years ago, I think. Was that that long ago already? Uh, let's see. Oh, my God. Well, when the first Jumanji, Jumanji was 2017 of the reboot, right? So, yeah, seven years. It was seven years ago. Yep. Jeez. Wow. So Andy and I go to the movie, uh, go see Jumanji, and there were six or seven young girls on their phones the entire movie ah. talking in full voice. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the theaters lit up because the phones light up so brightly. Yeah, I barely I mean, remembered any of the movie because it was like I couldn't even pay attention yes. to it. No, I mean, that was a part of it, too, that you go to a movie theater, you're always rolling the dice if somebody's going to be an obnoxious asshole during the whole movie. That should have been taken care of much earlier than it was. Don't you think? Mm -hmm. They give everyone yonder pouches and you can't have your cell phone for the entire movie, which would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We do that a lot for press screenings. They will not mm -hmm. let us um, bring if it's a top secret movie, maybe the first screening, they'll just give you a yonder pouch and they're like, we'll unlock it when you get out of the theater, yep. which is fine. Yeah. And they're, you know, and you can go outside if you do need to like call a babysitter or you're concerned about something, need to check your phone. You can go yeah. out to the lobby. They'll yep. unlock it for you. Yeah, I think it's great. Look, uh, going to the movie theater was a huge part of my life when I was a kid. I loved going to the Broadway and the Empress and the Paradise and the Capri theaters and all these wonderful theaters. It was a great experience. But toward the end, uh, it just wasn't enjoyable because people would not shut up, would not get off their phones. I used to love hearing things like we went and saw Halloween Part 3 at a movie theater. And as we're walking out, there was a I, what I thought was probably a grandfather uh, bringing his two grandchildren out of the theater. 
And if he looks at me, I never met the guy. I'd never even seen a guy in my life before. He looked at me and said, Jesus Christ, I hope that's Halloween part last. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was, see, I missed that about movie theaters because you would hear a lot of interesting things. Another time I'm watching a movie, I'm wearing my basketball, uh, the warm-up jacket. It's got my name on the back. Now, if you do that in North Minneapolis and you go to a movie wearing that jacket, the entire movie I heard, Bernard, Bernard. <laughs> Bernard. I was like, oh my God. But I miss that. We don't have that anymore. I really do miss that stuff. I'm there for the smells. The second I walk in and yeah. smell that popcorn, and that I'm butter, like, I'm going yep. straight to the concession stand. God, isn't that sad of that? I hope that doesn't go away. You know what? I, I miss that shriveled hot dog in the rotisserie. <laughs> well, thank you. There was only one, you know. Right. It was one. the last one. And it just, yep. like, you'd see that thing, and you know, six months later, you'd go back to the theater. That same thing would be rotating. That Still gave there. me a sense mm -hmm. of permanency, you know? <laughs> it's like the sun. Or it's always there. Or the little pretzel there. bites that you know are not soft. Oh, very yeah. hard. oh no. <laughs> We've been there since 9 a.m. <laughs> there was a... Um, where we always vacation in Florida, there was a movie theater, and Andy, I don't even know if you know this or not, where we went to see Jumanji, right? Mm -hmm. They tore that theater down. Yeah, you this told me. This was a 14 theater complex. 14 theaters. And it, how much do you think that building cost them to build, Andy? Uh, to it was like a palace. Build? Actually, probably not that much because, you know, things were a lot cheaper 50 years ago or whatever. But I mean, I'm sure I mean, right now it's probably they probably sold that building for twenty million dollars. I would think at least that it, that thing inside was a palace. It had these magnificent elevators and escalators, and yep. it had the, the domed roof, and it looked like you were in the Basilica. For mm -hmm. I mean, it was unbelievably beautiful, and they tore it down. It you wasn't know, it's that old either. Because like the Cineplex with the you know ten to fourteen screens, which were very big in the eighties and the nineties. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Those aren't going to survive. Those no, are the ones. No. The smaller screens, like maybe you have, let's say, up to five. Those will be the ones that probably thrive or the single screens. I know here in Los Angeles, Netflix, you know, just redid the entire Egyptian theater. Oh, historic, yeah. Which is great. But it also offers Netflix an, an actual physical space to show their movies, not only to the press, but to do their yeah. premieres. Disney has the El Capitan. That's where they do all of their first run movies as well they do shows there's an organ i tell you if anyone's visiting la go and see a movie at the el capitan because it is an old school yeah real fun experience the seats are a little bit tight but it's such a beautiful space and the organist plays disney music ahead of the movie and sometimes there's like a little show and things like that and then they get into the film so the but i think that those types of experiences are going to be the ones that survive I think the Mann family owned that theater, a Minnesota family. I know they used to own the Grauman's Chinese Theater. I know Which the is right owned. across the street. Right. Mm -hmm. But did they own the Egyptian as well? Um, They owned the Egyptian, yes. Not the El Capitan, oh, but they did own the Egyptian, the Egyptian. at one yeah. point. There you go. I thought so. But, yeah, Michelle Mann's a good friend, and I, it just breaks my heart that we go by the Edina Theater. They redid it. It's spectacular. Mm -hmm. Really, really nice. I hope somehow we can at least keep a few theaters in each town. That would be great. I'm sure, yeah. We'll probably have like, you know, one every 30 miles or something like that. 
God, I hope so, because it was a great, great experience as a little kid. You could, well, first of all, when I was a little kid, it cost a quarter to get in if you were under the age of like 12. A quarter to get in. And then How you much just for sat, snacks? 10 cents? You used to sneak those in. Wow. All right, then. Big backpack. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. Honestly, God, you could get like a, 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 a little, one of those, I don't know, quart size popcorn boxes for it probably was 10 15 20 cents something like that it was an amazing experience but i have been going to movie theaters as long as i i cannot remember when i didn't go to a movie theater probably not a lot in when i was one two three years old but by the time i was four i was going to movie theaters and i i don't want to miss my movie theaters i love them I just, do you remember the first movie you ever saw it was at the Long Prairie Theater in Long Prairie, Minnesota. Theater is no longer there even, and I cannot remember. I remember the experience, but I cannot remember the movie. I suppose if I thought about it, I, it would come. I, I will I will charge, uh, challenge myself with that to, to come up with what movie that was because I remember going into the Long Prairie Movie Theater and, and seeing it in my, my mother and father's birthplace. Well, my mother was born in Browerville. Two Tommy B's mothers were born in Browerville, Minnesota, you know. Yeah, and together you've won like six Super Bowls. Yeah. Six Super Bowls. We've won six Super Bowls, the two of us. Two Tommy B's. One happened to be Tom Brady, but you know. That Brady. <laughs> but yeah, his mother and my mother were born in a very small town. Probably when they were born, probably two, three hundred people. They were born in Browerville, Minnesota. But anyway, to get back on the entertainment uh, thing here. Is entertainment changing too quickly for people moving away from theaters? Has that been going on for years now? Cause it, it just kind of snuck up on me, you know, it, it has been happening <clears throat> before ahead of the pandemic. Um, and I think it was slow and gradual. I think for some people, it just became too expensive yeah. you know, for a family yeah. four to go to the box office and like buy tickets and buy snacks and everything. All of a sudden they're over a hundred dollars and they're like, wait a minute. You know, we were just only here for two hours. Um, I think for other people having Netflix that started making them go, oh, well, I can just wait. The movie will be out on Netflix in a couple of months. Mm -hmm. um, but then the pandemic changed all of our viewing habits. It changed so much, so many aspects of our lives. But this is probably one of the big changes that came in terms of entertainment. And people have signals that they're not that interested in going back to the movie theater. Yeah. There yeah. are certain demographics that do men between the ages of like 18 and 25 have gone back to the theater. Boomers have not gone back to the theater. Women really? have not gone back to the theater in general. So I, I, hmm. it's interesting to look at those demographics. Um, some of it could just be, there were people who were cautious in terms of like, you know, getting back after the pandemic. There are other people it's cost prohibitive. And then I would say for some of the reasons I haven't gone back to the theater that much and you know, paid with my own money, I'm not talking about press screenings is yeah, that yeah. I don't want to watch another action or Marvel film. I yeah, agree. Yeah, there is that. Well, and one reason the boomers aren't going back is because so many of them are dead. Well, there is that. Well, yeah. That's true. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bring yeah. everyone down. I don't know why I do well, that. I mean, like, ever, okay. ever since yeah. I was a kid, when I thought about like, you know, the kind of person who like hangs out around movie theaters and just goes to movies all the time, teenagers, early 20s, that sort of thing. So, I mean... That's been a thing for a while. Yeah, and I mean, and with the kind of the action movies in Marvel all the time, it's definitely got to play a part into. Like, I watched The Equalizer three 
last night and i originally was like oh, i want to see it in theaters and the movie wasn't that great and i was like thank god i didn't go see that in theater because oh, i would really? have hated I to spend down 15 bucks yeah. in snacks yeah i would have hated to go spend money to see a movie that i didn't enjoy and so i think that also kind of i'll just wait for netflix next time and watch it there and I think the other thing to, to mention, Alphagen is not going into the theater. We don't have that generation of Pixar kids, Disney kids, that are dying because they've got Disney Plus. It's going to be on yep. there in 45 yeah. days. And their yeah. parents are like, you'll see it soon. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. That's not happening either. So that that's kind of another sort of curious factor. And it, it also makes me think, I know yesterday we talked about this some of them may be watching a bit of TV. Like why are they going back and watching survivor or dancing with the stars or mm -hmm. amazing race and thinking, this is exciting. We're bored with it. We've seen so many years of it, but they're finding it unique. You know, the thing about that is when, and I love the way you guys are talking about this whole deal. Cause I look back and realized that for me and maybe Mike Gelfan will join in, uh, in this conversation. But for when I, when I, when I was a teenager or in my twenties to go to a movie was an event Oh like yeah. Go, what's now the Imagine Theater? Imagine uh, is across the parking lot from one of the great Chinese restaurants in the western suburbs in the Twin Cities. When you were going to a movie, you were going to go eat Chinese food first because <laughs> it's phenomenal. Oh, it's, yeah. Remember that? Well, and I, I had the same experience. You know, when I was maybe six years old, and my brother and I would go downtown to see to see a movie. And I don't have to tell you where we ate lunch before the movie started. Did it start with an N and uh, ended with an N? It definitely does. The classic <laughs> Nankin restaurant. So Nankin, like, like I was discovering movies and the Nankin at the same time. Yes. Now, I feel like I peaked at about the age of six because those were two <laughs> things I've never gotten, you know, never experienced anything better than that. That's a double header. Yeah. No. It, it, see, that I think was the difference in Mike and my generation. It was an event oh, to yeah. go to dinner, yeah. go to a movie. Mm -hmm. It was a big night. And yeah. we would we would first visit my grandmother, who worked sure. at Sixth and Hennepin and the National Beauty Supply, and she sure. would give us she well she wouldn't give us she gave everything to my brother because he was the big brother and he could you know take care of things. But we'd we'd get a a new a new hair hairbrush. And and my brother would get would she'd give him five dollars five dollars got us lunch at the Nankin and into the movie. Wow, and, and but like Tom, you're saying where it was an event. I remember you know small town in Wisconsin, Pirates of the sure. Caribbean coming out, and the line Ooh. being out the door. Everybody dressed yep. as a pirate. We're gonna go in and watch this movie. <laughs> and yep. so it's like there's when there are things like that, then yeah, going to the movies is super fun. But they don't really do that anymore and which is sad unless it's the barbie and oppenheimer yeah you know what i was thinking too um even in high school you know when you're allowed to date and you're you know yeah. someone has a car that's like dinner and a movie was like the date night thing to do oh, yeah. it was, like, was. school event or something and yep. i don't when i go to the movies if i go on a friday night i don't see high schoolers like going on dates and no no nope. and that's well, you know like kind of your weekend fun they do other things they but they're not at the movies I don't, I've, I've always thought a movie was a weird place to take a date because you're not paying attention to each other or you're but not paying attention yes, to the you movie are. Yeah. you are holding hands no i'm with oh. andy that like the thought oh. like in my 20s that's a terrible date but as a teenager when you don't talk to your boyfriend or girlfriend anyways i it's suppose yeah. that's true yeah what conversation are we gonna perfect. have yeah because yeah, i always figured a good date was uh with a woman or a girl in high school 
who would listen to me. And beyond that, I didn't care much. Yeah. And in high school, <laughs> you probably your knew the person. your parents allow it, too. You're in a safe place. Like, yeah, oh, I true. know that you're going to watch Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. And then you're going to go to yeah. the Chinese food restaurant mm-hmm. after. And then you come home for curfew. And we would go with a big group. And Maya would be like, I hope I get to sit next to my my boyfriend, no. whoever that title was. <laughs> so lucky to have. Your crush? You'd go with, like, a big group of girls and boys. And you'd, like, hope that, like, you could somehow, without like planning it out, sit next to your yeah crush or whoever, and you're mm-hmm. just so psyched the whole movie, even though you don't even look at them, just like. So why aren't we going to movies? Are younger people going to movies for that very reason? They should be going to the movie theater for that. They have all the content they need at their own homes. Yeah, yeah. and their why phones leave? play a big role too. Is that too? Yeah, that's true. Yep, they've got iPads. They've got iPhones. Mm-hmm. They've got they're, Netflix. they're communicating on, you know, on on Snapchat. That's a big one too. Is just like that weird communication of they're interacting on a different plane. Um, yeah. that's where they're flirting. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh yeah. my god, I hung out with a 19 year old not too long ago, and while we're talking, she would just quickly take a like a sh- a picture of her face <laughs> and send it to so a person weird. on Snapchat. And I was like, show me the photo, and it's not like a good angle or anything that's what they do (laughs) it was like this is what this is yeah i sent that to this guy like uh, uh, via snap and then he'll send something back where he's at it's like what the hell is happening i know i'd be like enjoy my teen acne like (laughs) i wouldn't (laughs) want my pimples that close (laughs) different era so how are we going to replace those dates that going out on a date hey you want to go out and go see you know go have dinner in a movie that was how I asked out a lot of different women. Yeah. No, 99% of them said no, but you know, that's not. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Based on my own life, going out to dinner with a girl is basically just a waste of a day. So yeah. Do we need to replace that? (laughs) Well, you know, I, I, into my, into my fifties, I was still going to a lot of movies, but then then I became an Instagram influencer. And Mm -hmm. so everything has changed. That'll do it. Yeah. Well, and I've, I assume today, because you know, obviously you have all the streaming platforms at your house. So what's the point of going to a movie? Let's do an experience. You know, we're going to go whatever, mini golf, go-kart, insert whatever activity you want to actually do rather than go sit in the dark and watch a movie. Yeah, I think that's really what it's all about is there's more fun things to do that are more like active, mm-hmm. like interpersonal kind of thing than sitting in the dark for two hours, not even looking at each other and then talking and after Southern that. California is so interesting too because they have Disneyland, Universal Studios, Knott's Berry mm-hmm. Farm. Parents will just drop mm-hmm. the kids off and that's where mm-hmm. they spend their Friday night. Um, they go up to City Walk at Universal. Right. And I go, it's such a different experience growing up as a kid in Southern California. And plus, the weather in general is mm-hmm. nice year-round. So there's a lot of outdoor things you can do versus sit in a movie theater for two hours. Yep, exactly. But I'm thinking about it. You're going to go, hey, I tell you what, Louise, um, I'm going to run over to the uh, Chinese Inn and get some Chinese food. I'll pick it up. Why don't you come over? I know you've never been to my house, but you and I will sit down in my basement and eat Chinese food and watch a movie. How many young girls are going to go, yeah, okay. Yeah, but I don't think they're doing that no. instead of going to the movie. Oh, they're theater. not even doing that No, it would be like if I lived in Minneapolis growing up, it would be like, oh, let's go to Valley Fair. Yeah, or let's exactly. go do something fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't, then, I've never taken a date to a movie in my life. Not until we were like really? in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? Yeah, not once. Because it's, like I said, you know, you want to get to know the person. That's kind of the whole idea behind dating. It's like get to know them and have fun. And you're not getting to know someone when you're watching a movie. Yeah. Well, that's the good part because they have to shut up. 
because you're nice. But then you go to dinner afterwards or beforehand. (laughs) There you go. I don't know. I just miss it. I I miss the robust movie theater life because I grew up with it, I suppose, because, you know, from the time I was four years old, going to the Long Prairie Theater, it's been a part of my whole life. So it's a little harder for me to give it up, I guess. Right. And you don't have to. No, you don't have to. We still, hey, look, the fellas pointed out today, Kevin uh, pointed out today that where was the theater again? It was out in, I don't know, it was out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Oh, God, what was it? What was was it again? Well, you know, and also when we were younger, uh, when everyone here was younger, you know, big studios were churning out movies like crazy. Yeah, that's the yeah, other that's, thing. Yeah, and that's not going on anymore. It's like the idea of having fourteen screens in a building. It's like, what are you even going to show on half of them? Yeah, it was Imagine Rogers out in Rogers, oh, Minnesota. That's yeah. it was Rogers. It was Rogers. Imagine Rogers. That's exactly right. So that's quite the haul from where I live. We go to Dimaggio's <laughs> though afterwards. But I'll probably do it anyway because they, they were very very nice guys. But well, we got to wrap it up, Chris. Now every time you're on, now it just flies by. It's not fair. Yeah. Did you get any uh, hosting updates? Yeah, I got an email to say that the process is still continuing oh, and they will have another update soon. <laughs> and that if I get into the next step, then I have to go through, you know, the background check situation, which they do. Awesome. Oh, Congrats. Hey, still in the mix. Hey, Go tell them the I told them I told you to tell them to give you the job. Tell them that. I, I I'm sure that they will go. Oh, OK. Reply all. <laughs> You're hired. They you don't better. even need a background check. Right. No, but I appreciate it. A lot of um, your listeners have like sent me a private message asking like if they have heard any news. So I'm oh, glad see how nice that is. That's very so nice. Hopefully, hopefully it's good news at this <laughs> nope, point. Yeah, no pressure. Everyone's invested. <laughs> You'll be fine. Don't worry about a thing. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow. See you guys. Thanks a lot. Kristen Burt, ladies and gentlemen, we'll take a break. Be right back. Wrap things up right after this. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms and you can also find it on uappodcast.com this is the tom bernard morning show podcast we are back ladies and gentlemen joined by bob sansevier bob sansevier sports brought to you by bradshaw and bryant personal injury lawyers seeking justice for the injured contact bradshaw and bryant at minnesotapersonalinjury.com that's minnesotapersonalinjury.com sanny 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 what do we got seven and ten this year is that the plan uh seven and ten Losers yep. of six of their last seven and the final four in a row. And as we talked, I mentioned it last week, at this time of the year, teams should be getting better. This team went in the tank and got worse. And I don't want to hear, oh, they lost quarterback. Oh. Other teams lose quarterbacks. It's, I'm sick of hearing that. And this, they got another year. Uh, Kevin O'Connell and Quasi Adolfo Mensa. Arthur Smith just got fired in Atlanta. What have these guys really done? What is, Quasi's done two things that are noteworthy, that were good. He made the deal for TJ Hawkinson, and he drafted Jordan Addison. And dr- drafting Jordan Addison was a no-brainer when he did it. Because right. he was the best player there. And now they got the 11th pick, and they better not screw it up. I happen to think if they're smart, 
they will wind up getting one of the – you'll be seeing the two quarterbacks that they could be choosing from tonight in the national championship game, J.J. McCarthy and Michael Penix Jr. And who would you go with? Well, I've always liked McCarthy, but the way Penix played in that last semifinal, McCarthy fits into what O'Connell wants. He is pretty much a drop-back quarterback because O'Connell has shown us he can't adjust to the talent he has at quarterback because he did not adjust when they had the the uh, the pastronaut, you know, playing at quarterback. He would not adjust to his skill set. He had to make yep. him a pocket passer, and he isn't a pocket passer. Bob, do you think I'm too harsh because I think they should just get rid of everybody? Tom, I actually I said this on my show, and I'm not saying they have to do this, but no one would blame the Wilfs if after tonight's championship game, they put a call in to Jim Harbaugh's people or his oh, agent and said, would you still take this job? And if he said yes, I don't think it'd be an easy decision for them. I think they should think about it because he would come in here. His track record is to turn programs around. Mm-hmm. Kevin O'Connell doesn't have a track record. No. He was the offensive coordinator for the Rams and didn't call the plays. Yet he came here and decided not only would he take on being the head coach, he's also going to call the plays from the sideline when a lot of coordinators are up in the booth or the people calling the plays. Right. Yeah. That's not, I mean, there are coaches, head coaches who call from the sidelines. No, there's no doubt about it. Andy Reid does it. Mike McDaniel basically is almost as new as, or about as new as O'Connell, and he does a wonderful job with it. But both of them have the advantage of talent, and that's a big part of it. Because you put Mike McDaniel on a team that doesn't have Tyreek Hill, and he's not as good a play caller. Same thing yeah. with O'Connell. He lost his quarterback and lost his, uh, you know, Justin Jefferson for a number of weeks, and he was not as good a play caller. It, to me, the thing that stands out, and I, it's isolated, but any head coach that would go for a tush push two plays in a row and have Brandon oh, no. Powell pushing, that has a that to me is, I mean, it's bells go off when you think about that. How could he even think for a nanosecond that would work or that was the right thing to do? Right. That's alarming to me. No, I agree with you, Bob. I, I just, it, it does look like Harbaugh might end up, though, in, in Los Angeles with the Chargers. Uh, Vegas, yeah. With the, or with the, you mean with the Chargers or the, the Raiders, apparently the team he'd like to go to. Right, right. But they should keep the guy they've got. Antonio Pierce has done a really nice job. Yeah. For him, though, to go into a situation with Justin Herbert. That is the best situation out there of the teams that are available because you've got mm-hmm. a quarterback who could take it to a Super Bowl. None of the other teams that are available have a quarterback that they're set with. So yeah, I, I could see that happen. Do you think we'll ever get a good uh, head coach again? And I mean, we haven't done any great job so far, so why should it get any better? Well, I mean, you have to look at the ownership and the people making those decisions. I know. And have they made any right decisions since they bought this team? Uh, not in, not great ones. No. They I have mean, not. Childress was not – was that a great decision? No. No. I mean, I, he was all right, but, I mean, and then they, you know, then they go for the, the veteran defensive coordinator. Was that the right decision? No. Now they go what? for O'Con- the young guy, O'Connell. No. <laughs> you know my favorite Childress story? What's that? He comes to town, and I don't remember where the hell he was or whatever, but uh, he had valet parking, so he comes out after dinner, and the kid drives up, and 
um what's his name but childress yeah says to the guy oh my god i, I i'm sorry i screwed up i won't be able to give you a tip because the, the smallest bill i got is a 20. and the kid goes Excuse me. Excuse me, everyone. Does anyone have change for a $20 bill? I know it's a lot of money. He just shoved it right up Childress's butt. I guess oh. it was, I wasn't there, but I wish I would have been. <laughs> now, that magnificent? Okay, for most people, 20 would be a heck of a tip, but he was a millionaire. He makes He's millions a millionaire. Jesus. <laughs> the greatest ever. Uh, Does anybody have change for a 20 <laughs> Coach Hill just needs your help. He needs your help. He's only making four or five million a year. He, he can't afford to break a 20. You know what he could have yeah. done too? He could have said, Hey, tell you what, call my office. Here's the number. I'll get you tickets to Sunday's game as a tip. That would be easy for him. It wouldn't cost him anything. Yep. Didn't happen though. What are no, you gonna well, do? There's a lot of what are you uh, gonna do? coaches that are a little, you know, cheap. So, Sandy, what do you think the Vikings are going to do? The, the team sucks. I'm sorry. The team is – last year they were pretty good but never got it done when it, when the time came. The important games they didn't win. Uh, this year they were just horrendous. And, I, you know, finish. I know they lost their starting quarterback, but I was never a big fan of his anyway. He's okay. He, he – but when you look at what they had – here's the biggest problem, I think, that, that they had at quarterback. They thought Nick Mullins could, could fill in. Now, he'll put up numbers, but you know, and you knew yesterday, okay, the interception is coming at a key time, and it did. He's going to throw interceptions. Oh, yeah. And that, that's problematic. He didn't have a good backup. I did not watch the game yesterday, but somebody told me during the game they were about to praise the coach because he – I mean, excuse me, the quarterback because he had no interceptions. Exactly. As he was praising him, he got intercepted. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, what's funny is – it happened in, in the Dallas game. They were talking about the kicker for Dallas, Brandon Aubrey. He's 35 for 35, 9 over 50. Got his, his, his field goal was blocked. It is <laughs> uncanny. When they pray somebody, things go Aubrey. They go Aubrey, baby. How that happens. But this team, <sighs> with the 11th pick, see, I'd like to say with the 11th pick, they'll get a quarterback and they'll get one of the – you know, they're going to wind up, I think, with Penix or McCarthy. But I don't trust this. T- he would, might even trade out of the pick and go the other direction. He might. Because he did it the first year. Yep. And he, here's the other problem. A lot of people, they got to go up and get Jaden Daniels. Phenomenal quarterback in college and p- probably in the pros, except he's not a drop-back quarterback. He is a running quarterback, mm-hmm. and your coach doesn't can't use a running quarterback because he won't adapt his system to one. So he would not be a good pick for these guys. It, and again, if, if he was the coach of the Vikings when Fran Tarkin was the quarterback, every film session, you got to stop scrambling, Fran. I need you to stay <laughs> in the pocket. But that's the type of guy he is. Yeah, yeah. So no Dobbs could have been fine if he – adapted to what Dobbs could do. And he, the reason Dobbs had all his success early is he didn't know the playbook and he couldn't force him into the, the drop. Right. Back. No, that makes t- total sense, Bob. So, I mean, we're in a situation now, and I and I, I brought this up earlier with, with Phil Mackey. You got to c- congratulate the Minnesota men's basketball team. I didn't see it coming, but Ben Johnson doing a hell of a – this year doing a hell of a job, don't you think? Well, I mean, they beat Michigan right on the road, and they and yeah. again, it's been in mostly a non-conference schedule. But 
He surprised me because I was saying for, you know, when he they hired him, he needs to be an assistant for a few years. Well, maybe he's actually grown into this job and he's ready yeah. to be a Big Ten coach. So, I mean, we've become – now, A.J., brace yourself. We've gone from being the land of hockey to the land of basketball because you got the Timberwolves still yeah. – they're not doing – you know, they've had a little bit of a slide, but they're still leading the Western Conference. Both the Gophers – the two D1 schools in the state – the Gophers and St. Thomas riding six-game winning streaks, and St. John's is is uh, kicking ass in the Mayak. They haven't lost the conference game. Right. So there are there's good basketball here now, and hockey. Eh. See, I I'd, I'd say there's room for two. I'd say there's room for <laughs> I two. Bet you do. PWHL Minnesota improved to two and zero on the weekend. They set the record for the most attendance uh, at a, at a live women's hockey game in the world this past Saturday. I was there, not to brag. It was a fun experience, and it was announced uh, late last week that the World Junior Championships are coming in 2026. Hockey hotbeds, Minnesota. Keep it, keep it going, keep it going. Minnesota's <laughs> always had good women's hockey teams. Oh yeah, and phenomenal. Continues. And Natalie Darwitz, by the way, she's basically running that program. She's she's terrific. Tom, I don't know if you've ever had her on a, on a show, no, but she really so. is. She was a great player, and she's really she's a, she's a great person too. Yes, I've, I started covering her when she was in eighth grade, leading her high school team to state championships, and, and uh, I, I think the world of Natalie, and she's going to do a great job with that program. I just love the fact. And so, what was the year again when? When they had to get rid of Haskins because of the the cheating scandal, what what year was that? Still in the nineties, right? You're talking like 30, 35 years since this team's been any good. Is that right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for the most part. What's the year exactly? AJ was it in the two thousand? Was it late nineties? Ninety seven. Ninety seven. Ninety seven. Yeah. Twenty seven years of horrible basketball. I mean, how does that even happen, Bob? It, you, it's the same problem, Tom, that's going to come up with the football team. This football team, in not just our life, you, you have how many grandchildren? Three. You have three grandchildren, and the youngest is, what, two years old? Two, yep. Okay. Your grandchild's grandchildren may not see the Gopher football team ever win <laughs> the Big Ten or rarely get in have a winning record in the Big Ten because of the addition now Yes. Of Washington and Oregon and USC and UCLA. I mean, you're just adding to the Ohio states and Michigan state, you know, Michigan. And I mean, the Penn state generally is that they may be a little down, but mm-hmm. I just named seven teams that are going to be better than the Gophers perennially. And then Nebraska yeah. could may, maybe have a bounce back or Iowa. I mean, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. there'll be a, they'll be in the second half of the big 10 every year. There's nothing that's going to change that. I mean, that's the basketball team. It's been like that for quite a long. I actually, I thought Munson might be able to turn things around here. He mm-hmm. obviously didn't. You know, did, and then he he got did he have success anywhere else, Munson? Gonzaga. That's how he got the job. That's what I, that's what I thought. Yeah. Because he beat the Gophers that year. That's right. <laughs> that they had the scandal and a bunch of players were benched. And that suddenly, he's he actually is the coach, not Mark Few. It was really Munson who put Gonzaga on the map because after they beat the Gophers, they had a little bit of a run and he became a hot commodity. So Bob, our baseball team is not going to be very good because they haven't gone after anybody. My twins are not going to be very good for the next few years. Would you think? No, I don't think so. No. 
the Vikings are had a horrible year, not just a bad year, but a horrible year. Uh, you got some basketball going, like you said, both at the college and professional level, which is nice to see. But all the wonderful teams from when when I was, you know, first got got back to town in third in '86, I guess it was. Sports were going pretty well here, but not anymore. No, and you know what? Here's the part of the. I, what they should do is, if I'm Wilf, I'm telling Quasi Adolfo Mensa, you get into a room with Rob Brzezinski, their capologist, who mm-hmm. is as good as anyone in the league at handling the cap, and he tells you how we're going to get Justin Jefferson signed, Christian Darasaw, and how do we keep Daniil Hunter, and can we do we have the money to keep Kirk Cousins for a year or two? Because whoever you draft, he should sit. Look at Jordan Love. He sat several years. I didn't think he was at any any good at all when he came out of college, and he wasn't ready. Had he been thrown into a starting role, he would have failed. He needed time to learn the NFL. Oh, any young quarterback needs time. C.J. Stroud has had a his. He is absolutely the exception to it. I mean, Bryce Young. You go back. There were teams that wanted him, not and now they're like shy. Oh, look at C.J. Stroud. He's Stroud. He's great. They wanted Bryce Young. He got thrown to the wolves in this first year. It's worked for Stroud, but that absolutely is not the norm for a rookie quarterback. Uh, Troy Aikman, Hall of Famer, one win his uh, his rookie yeah. year. Peyton Manning had uh, what 20-plus interceptions his rookie year. Some of these guys, they have to have a chance to learn the game and not mm-hmm. be blinded. And I yeah, think that's understand. why you know Aaron Rodgers had to sit a few years behind Favre, and it helps these guys. So oh, if they can yeah. figure out to keep Cousins for a year or two, do it. So, Bob, I got to add, because I know you're an expert at this kind of thing. Who's telling the truth? Jimmy Kibble or not? Well, did Kibble come? I didn't see his name because I was looking for his name when they released the big names. Was he in, on that list? or was no, I didn't married? see it. But Aaron Rodgers claims that he was having sex with underage girls. <laughs> I mean, it's like, man. Well, Aaron Rodgers was also, remember the way he plays with words? Yeah, he was inoculated. Mm-hmm. Well, he, you know, just not with the COVID vaccine. Um, Whatever he was yeah, inoculated Im- with. Immunized. Immunized. Oh, that's right. Inoculated would mean he took a shot. He immunized himself with some, uh, I don't know what <laughs> yeah, was. He, he, like, drank some herbal tea or something, and that gave him, you know, the oh. immunization well, is what he yeah. was saying. Yeah. Boy, did you see that stat came out over the weekend? They're going to have some pr- trouble with this one. I can't remember the news organization, but they they absolutely guarantee that at least 17,000 people died of getting inoculated or immunized, however you you want to put it. Well, 17,000 people, they claim. And that was a big story. And uh, there's also the story about the hydroxychloroquine that that killed people. Yes. I mean, it's you know what? It was COVID that killed people and the things we tried to do killed people. I know. It's unfortunate, but let's stay away from that kind of thing from now on. Show. Let's keep all the diseases elsewhere. Load up on your vitamin C. I don't know anyone who's died of vitamin C poisoning. It's a very what good point. They? Have they? Maybe. Who knows? I'll check. And if they're allergic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. AJ's <laughs> going to check and make sure. He's quick, though. When he spins, he gets he within nanoseconds. This guy's coming up with the answer to things. And by the way, I wanted to mention it'll come out in the next few weeks. Uh, Joe Maurer is on the Hall of Fame ballot. I still have a Hall. I'm one of the several hundred who still vote. I did vote for Joe Maurer to go into the Hall of Fame because I think he his three 
batting titles and the MVP. He was his generation's best catcher. And then he mm -hmm. had the concussions and had to move to first base. I have no question. And I voted for – you could vote for 10. I voted for 9. And I put it on social media, and a lot of people were probably uh, – a lot of Braves fans, yeah, how could you not put on Andrew Jones? Well, I explained. Andrew Jones, if he went into the Hall of Fame, would have the second worst batting average in the Hall of Fame at 254 career. Really? The only guy worse, yep, was a guy named Ray Schalk, who played in the half his season, his career was in the dead ball era. He batted 253 and had a better on-base percentage than Andrew Jones. So when will we find out if he gets in or not? The 20, I think it's the 20, it's somewhere in the early, like the 24th. I think it's, I think it's 23rd. the 23rd. The 23rd. Yeah, right in that range. Mm -hmm. You guys both think he's going to get in? Uh, I do now because the Athletic ran a story where they had like the first 122 ballots. And mine may have been one. Because there's a box you can check to let your, your ballot become, uh, you know, open to the public or available. Mm -hmm. And it had to be in by the first. And mine was in, you know, well before like the, the 15th or 20th. And But of the 122 ballots, and that's maybe a there maybe a fourth, third or fourth of the ballots. He was on 82% of the ballots, and you have to be on 75%. That's really good for him. Mm -hmm. it's, ind it's indicative of how everyone is voting. Well, the guy was yeah, a great he'll player. Get in. Yes, he'll get in. If he doesn't get in this year, I think he will. He will get in over the next few years. He's not going to be a guy who the 10-year cycle goes right. through and he never gets in. Mm -hmm. I think he'll get in on this. He and Adrian Beltre, I think, will get in on the first ballot. That'll be good for Minnesota, obviously. No yeah. question. Yeah, I mean, it is deserving. And, you know, he uh, he did have he, – he, he was a guy who had a, showed a lot of class. It's unfortunate what happened to him. But even after the injury, he still could hit the ball. You couldn't take mm -hmm. that away from him. Did they make up bilateral leg weakness? Is that something they just made up? No, I think he probably had it. But, I mean, is that a real thing? Yeah. AJ. No, it is. I mean, it means <laughs> – Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's like a fancy way of saying literally your legs hurt. Both legs hurt. You're sore. <laughs> yeah. Like it's a thing, but it's a very fancy way of saying, ouchie, my legs. It'll take some Tylenol. It'll knock it right out and you're good to go again, right? Yeah, you, you get go. a little cramp and a little uh, sore. Hey, you run, you get sore. Yeah, I suppose it's true. But no, I, I hope he does get in the first ballot because I never met him, never talked to him, any of the rest of it. He's not real out outgoing kind of guy is he no but he's a, i mean i the first time i ever interviewed him and covered him is i went to Creton Durham hall where he played when he was trying to figure out if he was going to sign with the twins mm. or go play football at florida state he was working right. out on a on a football field and it was just him out there with like a receiver and i liked him then and he but he wasn't outgoing he was not gregarious no but he didn't have to be that was not his personality no, so, I heard his, his brother got like a Chevy dealership or something, doesn't he? Yeah, Mauer Chev. Mauer Chev, yeah. I heard he's a he's he he's outgoing. I heard he's a, I've never well, met him. I heard he's a good guy. His dad, who sadly passed away not that long ago, oh, uh, he bad, was yeah. very outgoing, and you know, and Joe just wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. You know, so but again, he, he didn't have to be because he could play. That's exactly right, Sandy. Another brilliant report. Uh-oh. So does this one you tell me, we don't need you to report anymore. Well, you know, we're going to wrap it up. What uh, What's the date today? January 8th. I, you know, you'll be with me for the rest of my career, which might end this week anyway. But, you know, you oh. never. 
Thank you, Sandy. All right, we'll see you guys. Great report, ladies and gentlemen. Bob Sanders Sports is brought to you by Brad John Bryant, personal injury lawyers. Seeking justice for the injured, contact Brad John Bryant at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. That is minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Bob Sansevier Sports, sponsored by Bradshaw and Brian, personal injury lawyers. All right, we got a couple of minutes, or one minute anyway. Any big uh, sports news you want to close with? Because we only got 60 seconds. Um, I'll share. I was talking to Pat Royce over at the uh, Hubbard offices, and he was kind of sharing his view of the Joe Maurer. Will he get in? Will he won't? Mm-hmm. He's saying that all of the like leaked ballots, not leaked, I guess, but like shared public ballots are what a lot of the like younger uh, writers are doing, but he said that the trend is that a lot of the older guys who are a little more Grinch yeah. and like, you know, maybe a little grouchy, a little little more sticklers on who gets in and who doesn't, they mm-hmm. keep theirs anonymous and usually like you'll hear about them much later. Mm-hmm. So even though Joe has now jumped out to it looks like he's going to, right. um, he's anticipating it's going to come down to the wire. Like it's not really he's, he's not expecting a the same amount of like the volume of votes later in the reveal process. Is this Maurer's first year of yeah. – so, yeah, and I yeah. doubt he'll get in because there's a lot of guys that go, well, you know, nobody should get on in on their first ballot right. because, you know, such and such <laughs> didn't. So, yeah, it, I assume he would get in eventually, but – I think it's I a no it's doubt eventually, but, yeah. yeah. It, it'll be close. If it's not this year, I think it's next because I can see some guys thinking like, well, you know, he didn't – he never he never did anything in the playoffs and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, Adrian Beltre, I think, will and deserves to be a first ballot guy, so – He'll be the one guarantee, but if Joe gets in, you know, fantastic, great for Minnesota sports, great for the Twins. Because wasn't it Ken Griffey Jr. that there was, like, one reporter that didn't vote for him to <laughs> yeah. get in or and something that was like, like that? There was, like, was, like, Derek Jeter the other year, yeah. too, that one Boston writer was like, yeah, All he's right. not getting in. He's a terrible fielder. <laughs> so that's interesting you guys brought that up because I was just going to ask you, is there anyone that should have gotten all of the votes that ever got all of the votes? Has it ever happened? Let me, let me, you ever heard of Babe Ruth? So he's the only one, really? No, Babe Ruth was not a unanimous selection for the whole no. thing. Yeah. He got in on the first ballot, <laughs> not a unanimous selection. Yeah. And so then now there's guys where, you know, if, no, somebody hit a home run every time they stepped up to the plate, never struck out their entire career, they'd be like, well, Babe Ruth didn't get in unanimously so i can't i can't be the guy that allows this to happen so yeah and that was the jeter logic too for that Mm. one guy well you know he he wasn't as good as babe ruth and babe ruth didn't get in unanimously so i'm gonna leave him off and everybody's like Mm. he has 99.9 percent of the votes Mm -hmm. you idiot you moron (laughs) did babe ruth not get uh i gotta believe the guy from boston didn't put him on the ballot, uh, put him in the, the Hall of Fame because didn't he leave Boston to go to the New York Yankees? He was with Boston for a while, wasn't he? Babe Ruth? Yes, he started his career with Boston and they sold him to the Yankees for like $30,000 or something like that. Which back then was a fortune, yeah. by the way. Yeah, right. right. It's about one. I, mean, I remember reading stories about him making 100 grand a year and people thought, oh my God, because everybody else was making like six, 7,000 a year. He's making 100 grand. <laughs> but man. And then to answer your question, there's one player that has ever gotten 100% ballots put in his name. Can you can you guess? God, who would that be? Cal Ripken. I'll, I'll oh, give you a hint. It's Roberto a Yan- Clemente. I'll give you a hint. It's a Yankee. Uh, no, well, it wasn't Roberto Clemente. 
Damn it. Who's the closer that they had? Uh, the Mariano Rivera. Mariano Rivera, yeah. 425 out of 425. Really? 2019, the only player to ever be a unanimous selection. He might be the most likable. Like, you never heard anything bad, at least here being a casual fan. Like, you never heard anything bad about him. Everybody seemed to love him. He was like the guy that came in at the end. We're always going to win the game when he comes in. Like, everybody's happy. Very nice guy. Very likable. I'd love to know who the three people were that didn't vote for Ken Griffey Jr. in 2016. <laughs> like, you need to get your voting rights taken away. And not just for the ballot. No. But that's a personal thing, isn't it? That's not about baseball. That's a personal thing, isn't it, when that happens? Yeah, I feel yeah. like it's like you had one bad interview, and that, that guy, it stuck with him for 40 years. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, I'm going to get him now. I get the last laugh. <laughs> All right, Bob Honest from Ohio. God. I don't know. I, like I said, it just uh, – yeah, Rivera, that does make sense, by the way, because he, he was untouchable. There's, I mean, he was literally untouchable. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was death taxes in Mariano Rivera. That was the three things. <laughs> you heard exactly. Metallica. <laughs> Lights dim. You hear Metallica enter Sandman. Yeah. Might as well just start packing it up for the night. That's it. All right. We should probably take a break. We'll be right back. The show continues right after this.